last time on Join the Party. The party drives up to Dr. Morrow's quaint cabin to get some answers about Lake Town City. They're greeted at the door by January, the awakened snowshoe hare. January, who is adorable in his navy blue suit and gold bow tie and is totally fine, please, I promise, leads them into the cabin, which is much bigger on the inside. Dr. Morrow receives Milo, Val, and Aggie in her wonderful invention emporium, which is just her study. She reveals that she knows that they have powers and where the powers came from. Her initial discovery of the volatile element, diaphragm, happened in the original Lake Town back in 1985. Remember episode one? And the discovery irradiated the families that lived there. That delta radiation, because it's one better than gamma radiation, made people like Aggie's parents and Val's mom look great and have better aptitude, but the next generation got real superpowers. Dr. Morrow also worked with Milo's adopted father, Hank Lane, as part of the Office of Technology Assessment to see how Lake Town would eventually grow into Lake Town City. Now, they have a choice. Do they want to work with Mayor Dr. Morrow to fight against the growing strangeness in the city? And do they want to be public with their powers or not? Uh, good question. Let's get the party started. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but for me, the answer is yes, and we'll we'll figure out the, the hows, but I want to continue to live my life and do this as well. Okay. I could, you know, potentially see myself mm, signing up for a, a limited trial run kind of thing. Okay, we have yes to a limited trial run of a dangerous strike force to mm-hmm. defend the city. Sure. I'll, that's, I'll take that. I'm not calling myself Puncherella or whatever, but... Or you don't need a code. You can or cannot have a code name. I'm going to keep Puncherella on the whiteboard. Oh, I fucking hate it. Um, Dr. Cassandra Morrow, I've been waiting my entire life for you to ask me this question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a thousand times yes. Why did it sound like he was he was saying yes to a proposal? Yeah, I know it really yeah. was. It is a proposal when you think about but it. Now, but like, what? Uh, We're married now. Congratulations. Please you really do not should not joke, joke with, with him, him about that. I have, do that. That's, no. that's on me. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have joked. Well, I wasn't expecting a yes so soon, but I appreciate it. You devoting yourself to to the city. And in some ways, the ideals uh, started by me and your your parents back back in the eighties. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your commitment, and I appreciate the cool stuff we're going to do together. Doctor Morrow has dropped quite a lot on you, and you know, she she understands body language and, <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> So she class- Is that on her character? She's on one of her languages. Yeah, she's in. Yes. She understands <laughs> body. <laughs> she understands how humans react to things. Um, nice. So she uh, clasps her hand together and say, 
I know uh, we've talked we've talked for a long time, and you know what I love to do is talk about the philosophical ramifications of the decisions I've just made. Uh, so, I, does anyone want to stay up for another few hours and talk about it? Uh, no. First off, I'm not super into philosophy. I got a C in philosophy at SUNY Lake Town City. That's the best I can do. What I would love to do is I burned a lot of calories before and maybe we could, you know, bulk up a little, get some carbs in us. I think I could probably make some pasta. You seem like a kind of person who's got pasta. I would love some pasta. Are you? Are you? All right. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can help. Pasta, pasta, pasta. Let's do it. Excelsior. <laughs> and okay. That was a good Stan Lee reference. Good job. No, I don't know if I want to say. I don't know if I want to say Excelsior. Do you, Do you just say Do you just say Excelsior as like a, a transition? Because an assemblyman once yelled at me uh, at the state capitol that I didn't know what Excelsior meant. So now I know what it means. Ever upward. Yeah. No, that's more of a. Also, fun fact: it is the the state logo of. New York State. Yeah, that's why the assemblyman yells at me. No idea. Yeah. I knew all those things. It's more. I don't usually. You know, maybe I've just been staring at too many, uh, too much Latin. You know, in my, in my usual uh, studies, I just popped over and just look at some some state logos and stuff. It, it I guess it's in my head. Um, to the kitchen. <laughs> and now, <laughs> so let's go to Doctor Morrow's kitchen. I want everyone to name one thing that's in it extremely large wine glasses. Like, they could fit a full 16 ounces in there. Nice. Like a very old-fashioned KitchenAid mixer. Nice. Very good. In, like, chrome. It is full chrome. <laughs> I like it. It might have had other ones that. on it, but eventually she just kind of, like, took it off and just put, like... It's, like, see-through. You know, do you know those, like, old 90s and 2000s, like, purple... Yes. Purple Game Boy shells? Ooh. It's like that, but it's just totally see-through. I want so that. So you can see all the guts. Oh, yeah. That's the kind good. of Game Boy I had. I'm going to say full-size commercial salamander, but instead of flame, it's plasma. Oh, uh, uh, hell yeah. That's so true. Jealous. Get that cheese bubbling in, like, two seconds. Yep. I love it when my good friend Richard Blaze comes over to check out. <laughs> no, make that canonical right now. Richard Blaze, yeah, sure. Richard Blaze could live in Lake Town City. He's really good friends with Al Gore, so that makes sense. I feel like he summers in Lake Town City, and then he does his chefing thing back in New York. That's my thought. He has a restaurant thing. I think he's leading the molecular gastronomy movement in Lake Town City from Richard Blaze. Sweet. He's just <laughs> spheresfalizing everything. It is now my canonical goal to make sure that Val and Richard Blaze become best friends. <laughs> Listen, we got downtime. That's fine if that's what you want to work on. Similar hair. <laughs> similar hair, similar vibe. The pizza's about to get real modern. Mm. I think Aggie will very familiarly uh, sling her coat over the back of like a chair at the breakfast bar and sort of sit at like a giant kitchen island uh, looking over the kitchen. Yeah, I like the idea that this is like a 1950s diner style kitchen. It looks, it has that aesthetic, but I think I like the idea that you're cooking in it. There's a lot of neon. Everything is like bright blue and bright pink and very, like, she has a booth in there, which I, I find charming. Like, instead of a breakfast nook, it's a diner booth. Uh, but also <laughs> there's delightful. Like, is th wouldn't that be so delightful instead of a breakfast nook? It really nook, would. Like, a, yeah. There's a giant window, but you're sitting at a diner booth. Oh, yeah. 
And then, the, of course, there's like the everything that we talked about, just beautiful Nancy Myers cooking utensils. Like everything is chrome. And yet there's like incredibly scientific stuff like the plasma salamander. It actually, it gives it more of an oaky note. You'd be surprised. Think it gets smoked just from the way the molecules move around. <laughs> That's amazing. Val's like, I, I don't know what that means. And then just starts going through the cabinets and the fridge without asking and pulling out all the ingredients that they need. Wonderful. Milo, I want you to make an animal handling check. And Val, what are you making? <laughs> Breakfast carbonara. Amazing. That sounds so good. Um, it's very I got good. a 18 plus five for 23. Wonderful. Nice. Okay. You're kind of like floating behind Val a little bit as Val's making this. And just like, I don't even have to make you roll. Like, I bet Val could do this in your sleep. Truly. Yeah. And you see that tuna pops up and kind of like stalks over on the kitchen island to like take a peek over there. You know when cats, like, they do their their preparation, like, leans down and, like, waggles their tail, like, from one side and the other to get oriented? Mm-hmm. So Tuna is, like, leaned over, and then it's like there's a moment, the stillness, and no one knows what's happening, no one else is happening, and Tuna just jumps. And all of a sudden, you see Dr. Morrow reach for something really quickly and just throw it at Tuna, and there's a puff of just, like, white dust everywhere. Hey, 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 what are you doing? And, uh, That's my cat! Tuna is now just covered in flour, but now everyone can see Tuna. <laughs> Tuna! Tuna, really nice to meet you, finally. Mm, I've, I just assumed everyone could see me. That's just the way that I treat myself. Live, laugh, Tuna, love, you, but in the opposite you, way. Tuna, you know that's not true. <laughs> You know, you you never know what kind of invisible monsters are lurking around. Um, so, I guess we can all see the cat now. Wonderful. That's good. I mean, you're not wrong. It, Tuna is an invisible monster. I'm just still not sure why I could see the cat and Aggie couldn't see the cat. But, you know, philosophical question for another time. Mm. Now, Milo, when were you touching Val? Hmm. When was I touching Val? Hmm. <laughs> Was this when you fell and then I had to carry you? Oh, yeah. I promise it did there not touch you, though. It was completely touchless. Okay. <laughs> Let's have all touches be consensual from now on. Okay, yes, I agree. Milo, we have a lot to discuss about how, how all of this works. I'm, I'm really just fascinated. I would love to just, just come over and we could just talk about everything here. I would love that if, that, if we could do that. I have so many questions for you. And I have questions for you. We'll get something on the calendar. That sounds great. January? January hops into the kitchen. January is <laughs> way too long for... Oh, sorry. You meant the rabbit. Boo! <laughs> boo Eric joke. pokes his head into the depiction. <laughs> boo! <laughs> I was going to tell you January has a cute palm pilot, but no, I'm booing you for your pun. Adorable. <laughs> Val does a little bow when January comes in. <laughs> That's incredible. They still feel awkward about the way that they talked about them earlier. It's be- it's just beautiful. January, I think, just like bends an ear towards you. <laughs> be like, mm, I acknowledge, thank you, I appreciate that. So now, uh, yeah, I think everyone here can see Tuna now. Um, Has Tuna yay. trusted us enough that uh, they'll let themselves be visible to us? Yeah, I think like it's flower, but also science flower, so everyone can see Tuna. Cool. Can Val finally pet Tuna? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. <gasps> Val Val stops what they're doing and like, you know, when a cat is like walking towards you and you just put your head down and kind of bow to it so that you'll get the little <laughs> forehead bump. That's what Val does. So cute. That's very good. 
in Tuna's Head, now there's like, you know, three to four times the amount of people who can give them treats. So mm. exactly. It's a real win-win. Win. Exactly. <laughs> it's both game mechanics and for Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I guess, uh, yeah, Val, you're cooking it up, and I think Dr. Morrow has, I think she has a, she definitely has a favorite seat. Oh, yeah, she jumps up on the kitchen island and just, like, has her, her legs dangling down. Cute. Even though <laughs> oh, yeah. she's tall. She's, like, six feet tall, so these are, like, a little bit higher kitchen counters. Oh, no, Val needs to request a stool in order to cook. <laughs> <laughs> just a little step stool so that they can reach, you know, without weird angles. I mean, January probably has one somewhere. You know, you know that there's like there are pressure points around the kitchen where you put pressure on it and then like it raises you up. Ooh. <gasps> I love that. There's like an image on Tumblr where there was like a same height party. Do you know what I'm talking about? What? No, no. Yeah, there was like a, this really old image on Tumblr that is always like bopped around and with screenshots. Gee, was, campaign was... two really bringing different energy to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a same height party. Like everyone is six one, and like you have to put on those silt cups that you can just like tie mm-hmm. to your feet so that everyone is the same height. So it's kind of like that. It's like it recognizes how tall you are and then raises you up to optimal height because it's a That's science really kitchen. Cool. It's just like the whole floor is hydraulics. Yeah, everything is hydraulics. It's beautiful. Thank you, Science Kitchen. Uh, so yeah, Dr. Morrow, she reaches up and grabs one of the really big wine glasses and puts like 15 ounces in the 16-ounce glass. Like, I know you all didn't want to talk about the philosophy of everything here, but I, I in guests in my home, I guess I, I would love to tell you about the things that I care about and I, things I love to do to unwind. Yeah, I would... It would leave everything pretty ambiguous if we didn't talk about this a little bit. I, I am so happy that all of you have quickly came around and wanted to clean up the city and follow my vision and you listen to the PowerPoint and all of that. But I guess the, the big question here is whether or not, for one reason or another, do we do you want to be publicly out there with masks on or not publicly out there without masks on, but it is still, you see, both of these are secrets in different ways. And it's kind of a, an interesting moral more. It's an interesting and complex problem, which I would just love to roll around, roll around with you here. You know, I can tell you about the, you know, the way that uh, the public persona comes in and the reasons why you protect your family and how that might be better or worse for the city and as a representative and all that. And I have my own thoughts, but I, I, you know, this can go either way, truly. I'm not trying to push you in any sort of idea. It's just an interesting question that I, uh, we will have to answer and sooner rather than later. And, you know, doing it in a kitchen with greasy pasta at 11 at night just sounds like the best way possible. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Greasy. Yeah, excuse me. In a positive, in a positive way. If I positive, cheesy, oh, greasy, right. delicious. I love I, mouth the mouthfeel and the carbonara and a coast. I Val. It is the silky is the word. The you're silky, the for. unctuousness <laughs> of the pasta. Mm. Sorry, I don't say unctuous or in mixed company. <laughs> Nor should you. Um, so hello, I'm DM Eric. <laughs> I guess here's the question. This is uh, the crux of this this episode in the way that the podcast goes in two different ways. I think we do need to decide whether or not you want to be a superhero team and be the idea that we all have here of superheroes or 
not, and you can be the strike force, but then it's going to be a lot of secrecy in a different way. In both ways, you are protecting your identity, but do you also have a public identity to make it easier for you to go do your stuff is ultimately the question here. So player Julia loves the idea of putting on a mask and getting to potentially have a action figure and whatnot. (laughs) Val, I feel like, will be harder to convince of that, mostly because of the stuff that happened with the bank and all the social media stuff. So their argument would be, well, a bunch of people saw me vibrating and punching people, so if I'm vibrating and punching people but in a mask... What's to stop people from putting two and two together? Yeah, and I think for Aggie, sort of similarly, this is already her life. She already has reasons to be in a lot of these places, and people already know her as somebody who can come in and fix stuff. And her powers, too, being around healing and stuff that can kind of be explained away or downplayed. I think that a more kind of low-key, you know, do these things under the veil of something else, a city appointment, a volunteer group, a task force, whatever it might be, seems simpler. Because, yeah, how many, you know, six-foot-tall, like, red-haired, burly women are there in Lake Town City? I think for player Brandon... It would be most interesting to put Milo in a situation where he is unmasked because obviously that creates the most tension, especially with his job and his father and his father's job. But I think for character Milo, he would be afraid to give up his job at the museum and like he has to have money to support himself. How is he going to do that? And I think it's also just scary to be a public figure, you know, like that type of public figure. Yeah, I think that, I definitely think that's fair. Uh, Dr. Morrow also alluded to the fact that she would pay you in some way. And I guess necessarily you wouldn't leave your jobs. It would Both of these would still require you to have your civilian lives in so many ways because of the ways that, you know, your characters interact with the city itself and how plugged in the three of you are, are to different parts of the city. So I guess if we were, if we had, you know, public masked personas, people could make appeals or write about us on social or like tag us if they need our help. But if we were more like people that got called in when something hinky is going down and it's mostly secret, then, you know, someone could potentially stop by the museum or the historic Lake town or the pizzeria to say something. But I'm assuming that if Dr. Morrow is the kind of dispatcher here, she would be controlling most of the calling us to places or dealing with like inbound calls for help. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Gotcha. Uh, all three of you make a history check for me. 14. You got a 12. I got uh, 17 plus 3 for 20. Dirty 20. Okay. Brandon, with a dirty 20, you remember uh, last year, I guess like you and your friends as plugged in nerds to superhero dumb. You've heard like all those stories of people trying to be like city defenders. And it's really just like people in who are good at karate and like, do CrossFit, and then they put spandex on and they kind of jump around and and punch people. But there was, like two years ago, in Nashville, a guy who was running around as the Golden Knight, who as this public superhero, he had this glowing sword and, like, rocket boots. He would hit hit a button and then his boots would turn into rollerblades and he'd be able to, like, travel (laughs) super fast. 
<laughs> and like he cleaned up the city quite a lot and still kind of like a celebrity for a while there. And it's, you know, there was notoriety for like six months. You haven't really heard much about it. But you saw all the posts and like people were taking selfies with the Golden Knight and there were like really beautiful photos of the Golden Knight like kicking butt. At some point, like a, a supervillain rose up who was trying to destroy all the bridges and hold Nashville captive, and the Golden Knight defeated them. Uh, so this has worked before. This kind of like this isolated case, and it, it was goofy, but it, now that you have all these ideas together, it definitely seems more real than what you thought. Do you guys remember the, uh, the Golden Knight? Isn't that like a hockey team or something? <laughs> yeah, they were named after the Golden Knight. <laughs> they named a hockey team after what? <laughs> <laughs> he was a superhero in Nashville. And then I explained the whole story. Sounds like a nerd. <laughs> Dr. Morrow, I, I guess the thing that would help me make this decision is, would it be the three of us in a contained unit doing something different? Or the Night of Mirrors or whoever would be involved? Or is this is this bigger? Is this wider? Are there a lot of people that you're tapping to help with certain problems and clean up certain issues? Hmm. That is a good question. Well, we've been preparing for something like this for a long time. Nothing has really happened before. You know, as we said before, we all know as people who've lived in this place for quite a long time and know people as quite a long time, people connected to the original Laketon settlements there is something going on. But of course, a lot of other people don't know that. Just kind of wave it around. Oh, it's the weirdness of living in the 2020s. Like, everything's happening. It's, it's who, who knows, you know? We've been preparing for something like this for a while, and, and we've reached out to some. I tried to get something like this going in the 90s, and I don't want to point any fingers, but that generation chose to do the things that they wanted to do that they thought were, were neat. Uh, I've also, you know, uh, responsible for the city. We've tried other initiatives like this and it didn't work out necessarily. I have this, this plan and you three seem to be the best f fitting at the moment. I, you know, we, we reached out to Emily and Emily had her own ideas and it, it didn't work here. You know what? The, the, you know what might help? is if maybe if I showed you what some of the things that we've been working on. Hey, it's Amanda. I am on vacation for the first time in more than a year right now, recording this in advance, and I kind of forgot what it was like to wake up and not have something to do. <laughs> it's like I wake up and I can just lay there and enjoy myself and read a book and whatever, enjoy the morning light through my blinds instead of remembering that I have to uh, water the plants or go to work or do whatever else you have to do in your regular day. Welcome to the mid-roll. I think I'm going to go sit on the deck. So because we're recording this in advance, I'm going to thank all of our new patrons in the next episode. But rest assured, we get excited about each and every new patron email when it comes in. This is true. You literally make it possible for this to be our jobs, and we couldn't do it without you. Every single episode, we release bonus content like bloopers, character backstories, and even release the new episodes early for our top two tiers. To get access to all of these benefits and help ensure we can keep making the show, join us for as little as five bucks a month at patreon.com slash join the party pod.
And hey, did you hear that Multitude is hosting a digital live show on July 30th? Well, we are, and 25% of all sales will be donated to the Black Lives Matter Global Network. All of the Multitude hosts will be performing a mix of new segments and old faves. And trust me, this is not something you're going to want to miss. Head to multitude.productions slash digital live to buy your ticket. And if you can't make the stream, you should buy a ticket anyway, because we'll send you a link to watch the recording afterward. Support a great cause and enjoy our patented podcast variety show from wherever in the world you are at multitude.productions slash digital live. We are sponsored this week by our good friends at Hero Forge. They offer fully customizable tabletop miniatures with thousands of choices to dive into and customize. You can choose armor, clothing, accessories, and animal familiars for your character and change and mix and match their face, haircut, proportions, all kinds of earrings and gorgeous things. They now even have a color option so you can get your minis in color. Amazing. For someone like me who cannot paint, much less paint absolutely tiny things, is very, very exciting. And if you want to see what this looks like, check out our Instagram at jointhepartypod because we have the ones that we played in the one shot last week that are absolutely gorgeous and you can see what they look like there. So visit heroforge.com to start designing your custom mini today and check back often because they add new content every dang week. We love Hero Forge and we know you're going to have a ton of fun designing your mini on heroforge.com. Finally, we are also sponsored by HelloFresh. This is America's number one meal kit and it's a great way to eat delicious food without adding time and stress to your day. They have vegetarian and family-friendly options. They're super flexible, so you can add extra lunch meals or sides or even skip a week. And they feature 22 or more recipes each week that are all ready in 30 minutes or less. I really like how their pre-portioned ingredients cut down on dishes, so I'm not weighing or measuring stuff and washing out like six measuring spoons when I just want to eat. Recently, there was a breaded chicken cutlet with an absolutely divine pan sauce that I loved, and it didn't leave me with a half-used tin of panko breadcrumbs taking up valuable space in my pantry because I had exactly enough. In a small apartment like mine, that is definitely a huge help. Get a total of $80 off, including free shipping, on your first box at hellofresh.com slash jointheparty80 with the code jointheparty80. It's a really good time to make feeding yourself a little bit easier. So get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box at hellofresh.com slash jointheparty80 with the code jointheparty80. And now let's get back to the show. Dr. Morrow takes out her phone and projects like a keypad up and she pushes five and she says, uh, Des, Des, you can come in now. And here's somebody uh, walking in from a room down the hall. And as this person rounds the corner, the first thing you see are two very large duffel bags. And then the next thing that you see is the metallic hand holding one of the duffel bags. And you look up and there is a scruffy looking dude uh, with unfathomably long hair uh, <laughs> with a, a black bomber jacket and just ripped jeans and a dirty uh, white T-shirt. And uh, Dr. Morrow <laughs> says, uh, everybody, this is Dez. Dez has been working with me for a long time. And uh, Dez is kind of our tinkerer. And uh, Dez, why don't you introduce yourself to, uh, well, this is Val and Milo and Aggie. And Dez says, yeah, I mean, I got all these things. That if you want to check them out, I just thought it was some cool stuff. And they yeah, the thing that I've been working on for a while now, and you, know, you can just check it out. What? The guy's a good... He said he's been working on them for a while now. Yeah, we should we check, check them out. out. Yeah, you know. 
Hi, hi, Jazz. I'm down. I would love to see what you're working on. Is one uh, of Des's hands metal? Yeah, uh, his left arm, I guess, to his elbow. It's metal. It seems like very well put together. I mean, everything seems really articulated. You only saw him carry these duffel bags and then put these duffel bags up on the kitchen island. But it seems like incredibly well articulated and like pretty freaking cool. So, like, <laughs> uber awesome prosthetic. Yeah, I just got some cool stuff in here. If you, uh, I, I don't know, is there a way you want to, which way, should I go this way and that way? Or should I start with the thing that was more cool and then go from the other end and just figure it out? Start with the thing most cool. I mean, I can go start with, the, with thing the thing most cool. I can start with the thing that I think is the most cool, but I guess if there's a process that I, I don't want to no, come in and think. No, you're, you're place of employment. I feel like we trust your opinion. That <laughs> <laughs> nah, I appreciate it. New friends, I appreciate it. Nagaramara says, well, uh, let, let's, maybe we should do it in, you can go from coolest to less cool, whatever that means to you. I mean, I think that everything's just kind of really cool and more of a thing. I want to impress new people. Well, well, let's, let's, hold on. I, we're doing a thing. Hold on. So I guess the first thing is, one is, let's call this superhero-y in one basket on this side. And the other side is more sneaky basket. One is which that you want to impress people that we've been working on for a while and maybe would go into this identity if you did want to create this persona that you care about. And uh, maybe something that would just help you in more of a flashy sense that would make you look uh, like righteous dudes. And then the other one is something more sneaky if you need things to disappear or you need to do things on the low and sneaking around, we can do that. So which would you like to see first? Let's see the flashy stuff. It seems pretty cool. Val puts down the bowl of eggs and Parmesan and black pepper that they've been whisking. (laughs) Val looks at it longingly. I whispered to January as we were leaving the other room for more whiskey. Is that is that uh, here yet? (laughs) Yeah, January. January just hops up and be like, "Oh yeah, I got you the good stuff." (laughs) Thanks, thanks, man. Thanks, January. No problem. And it's just fun watching a rabbit jump from a kitchen island and down to the floor. It's just delightful. <laughs> so let's think of these kind of as your, the items you can all use together. And uh, Des pulls out a pack of gum, a contacts case, and I get just like the hilt of a sword. These these were the flashy things? Gum? I mean, it's I mean, you just got to kind of give it, give it a second and not look at it. It's going to be flashy when you look at it. I mean, y'all have seen James Bond before, right? I am not the only person in this room who has seen a James Bond or spy movie. We did have a DVD of Spy Kids. Yeah. Nope, never seen it. Jesus. Uh, what about Spy Kids 2? Spy Kids 3D? No, that's outside of your purview. I was just kind of creeped out by those Fruit Loops, so... Jesus so yeah Dez takes a pack of gum and shows it to all of you and it says uh, winter fresh on it and Dez takes a uh, takes a stick of the gum unwraps it put it in his mouth and then walks over to in my head this kitchen leads out to like to the veranda on one side Very so he opens Myers. Yeah. white sure, gauzy sure. curtains oh yeah <laughs> opens the screen door and blows and then there's just like a cone of icy wind flowing out of his mouth. Dr. This Rose. is extremely cool. That is very flashy. I like it very much. So we could call this the breath weapon gum. 
gives you the opportunity to just blow. You know, we have a lot of different flavors here. This is just kind of the first one that we, we've been tinkering with is the winter fresh. Uh, but we have different flavors. If, if Depending on what your thing is, if your electricity or fire or, I guess, poison, that one might taste kind of disgusting. But we do have something there. Mm, it also is really good for your dental hygiene. Just this particular... <laughs> Dental hygiene very important. Thank you, Des. Yeah. That's great, Des. You just your values are really in line with our values, and we appreciate you. I mean, if your value doesn't include oral health, I, are we going to have what, what are we doing here? What are we supposed to be? Into, what are we doing here? <laughs> and then uh, Doctor Morrow reaches for the contacts and puts them in, and she it looks like she has no uh, white part of her eye. It's oh, just pupil. No. It might look like I am from the popular 90s store Hot Topic, but in fact... (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Eric, I really need to know. Did Lake Town City ever have a Hot Topic? Oh, 100%. Oh, good. Had to. College Town. Where do you think all of the My Hero Academia heads in Lake Town City (laughs) get their shirts? (laughs) Listen, these are all... They're models kind of off of the dailies. Uh, They do disintegrate after a little while, but you do... You are able to look better and scare people with these cool eyes. That is very, very cool. I'm a fan of that. And then Dez walks back over to the the hilt, and you can see that he, like, tries to... He smushes it. It's like a toy sword. It's like he smushes it down so it can fit kind of just in your pocket, and then he pulls it back out, and he presses a button, and then just, like, a... A very, a very chunky, large sword just comes out of this. Like, like it's a buster sword. Like it it is, (laughs) it is so much bigger than the hilt, but it's this like yellowy hard light sword. And you see like Dez kind of just has one hand and kind of flicks it around in like a circle and then throws it up like it's a baton and catches it. You're like, uh, I can do that. It's just a cool thing I can do. This is the thing that... It's very cool, Des. Thank you. Emily's going to be jealous of that. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. So this is the hard light sword. Um, It's very dangerous and is truly as light. Any one of you can hold it. Uh, It does have very limited battery, unfortunately. You can't pop the battery in. You got to make a new one. Uh, So just turn it off. It only has 50 seconds left and Des is still like whipping it around. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, sorry. I, didn't, I was just kind of... I was like, can I try? Can I try? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, once I get into my baton tricks, and, uh, you know, I went to Grambling State for uh, you know, a scholarship for baton. <laughs> Des, I need to know so I learn much about more about you, you. The more I'm so fascinated. I mean, I like new friends. New friends are great. Let's definitely go to Astros this weekend. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Which one? Like the good one, like one in Thornton Hill or like the original They're one? all good. Uh-huh. I mean, the, you know, it's a sliding, of course, it's a sliding scale. And I wouldn't say this to anybody who didn't live here. Like my friends from, like my friends from the West Coast, when they come, I'm not just like, oh, that's the bad Astros. They're all good Astros. But like, you know, we all have our preferences. Okay. Like, can we stay on topic, please? <laughs> Um, All right, so DM Eric. So uh, this is Breath Weapon Gum. It's like a Breath Weapon from Dragonborn, and there are different flavors. Mm -hmm. You can choose your flavor. Um, They are contacts. They expire after a minute, but you get advantage on intimidation and investigation. And this is the Hard Light Buster Sword. It gives you uh, 2d6 plus strength or dex, whatever you're better at, but it does expire after a minute. These are all extremely cool. I will say all the things here, they are consumables, quote unquote. So you're going to use them for the extended period of time. But then Des does say, you know, like if you news more, I do need some more parts stuff. We can work this out, but I can make them for you if if it's a thing. I will, you know, I'll have to put some stuff together, but I'll figure it out. 
we've been putting this together, but we had, you know, we haven't. You plan as much as you, without any actual data, like how are you actually supposed to put the things together, you know? It's a test run. We, we get it. Yeah. Uh, so now the sneaky things. And uh, Dez opens that up. First thing, Dez pulls out like a really long, like Pyrex container. It's, <laughs> it's like three, it's like three feet long by like half a foot wide, and it's all just made out of Pyrex. Is this for marinating like a whole swordfish? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> like, Ooh, that would be pretty neat. And inside, did you see that there's something like twinkling in there? He also pulls out what kind of looks like a regular looking air horn that you might find, like I guess, on a boat or. In a, in a med kit or something. And then he pulls out a glasses case. It, it's actually, it's just a Warby Parker glasses case. Be like, hey, I just have a lot of these <laughs> hanging around. Like, I'm not going to make a reuse, reduce, recycle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does Des wear glasses? This is important. You know, I like, I have readers, like, you know, over time. <laughs> of course you do. Everybody needs them at some point. Nothing to be ashamed of. Dez is the best. Yeah, so uh, Dez pops open the Pyrex, and he holds, I guess, what looks like a Neanderthal club. Like a Flintstones club. Yeah, like a Flintstones club, but it's totally made out of ice. And he's holding it in his metal arm. This is pretty cold. You should probably hold, like, have a glove or something just in case. Why why is it in Pyrex? (laughs) It is cold. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just distress yeah cold it's cold dr morrow says don't put this next to your margarita mix or your chubby hubby this is very dangerous it's very delicate this icicle club it's very good at dealing damage but immediately after you use it it melts away did you see the lovely bones do you ha- you know that book and movie you know the lovely bones this is not a no. reference i expected in no. this conversation <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You should read The Lovely Bone. Stanley Tucci's in it. It's, it's very good. Stanley Tucci's in a book? <laughs> it was a while. <laughs> Stanley Tucci was in, in my head. I saw the movie first and then I read the book. So it felt mm-hmm. like Stanley Tucci was in it. He's actually playing the bad guy. It's very sad. But the whole thing is that the best murder weapon is an icicle. It's a whole thing. Um, like that old riddle. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the, like the riddle. You stabbed him with an icicle. Yeah, when there, and, and there's, there's no evidence. You know, there's a table and you cut it in half and you put it together and it's a hole and you can escape. Or is that a different riddle? No, I do. I think that's, that's a different, different riddle. riddle. Des, mm. your riddle knowledge, along with all the other knowledge, is impeccable. <laughs> I love this boss employee uh, supportive relationship. It's so good. So then Dr. Morrow picks up the air horn and blows it at Milo. And Milo, well, you hear. Okay, ow. You hear an incredibly loud air horn, like just blaring. It's, like, uncomfortable how loud it is. Yeah, like air horns. <laughs> yeah, like air horns, exactly. And she turns to everybody else and says, now, did anyone else hear the air horn? And none of you did. Did, did you press it? Is the what? button broken? That happens sometimes. It, I don't these. think it's working. No, it definitely is working. Ah, see, that's how the silent alarm works. Now, I this one had four. Now it's down to three. But if you point it at a particular person who you can see, the, the way that the sonic... Uh, we could talk about sonic mechanics and quantum theory whenever we'd like. Uh, different philosophical conversation. But you point it at someone, they are the only ones who can hear it. Cool. After three, after three charges here, it breaks. You'll have to get another one. And uh, finally, Dez pops open the Warby Parker case, and there's just like a pair of pretty chunky Buddy Holly style Coke bottle glasses. 
Oh man, my oh. logos would look great on you. Those would look great on me, I think. Well, again, they're very... Well, I guess you seem like the kind of chap who wears glasses quite a lot. They're very delicate. You just run into the wall. Mean? You run into the wall once, and they just break. Is, okay. Is that their power? That is their power. <laughs> the power yes, the power very is delicate. Break. Do you imagine that I run into walls a lot? You do kind of seem like the kind where you would like get scared and then you're just like turn and run into a wall accidentally. Like if you see okay, a go- that is fair. If you see a ghost that you weren't expecting. <laughs> you know, like a Scooby-Doo character. Yeah, okay. Luckily, this compels people on their deepest level that they never want to hit a guy in glasses. <laughs> this, like I said, Milo, this is perfect for you. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the way that these work, the Icicle Club, you will still need to roll to hit. You can throw it or you can wield it just as a, a two-handed club. If you hit, this will do 20 damage no matter what. Whoa. However, if you miss while wielding it, there is a chance that you swing wildly and hit the ground and it shatters. Or if you miss while throwing it, it hits the ground and it shatters. So this is very, very delicate, but if it connects, it automatically does 20 damage. Uh, The second one is the Horn of Silent Alarm. It has three charges. Basically, if you point it at someone who you have seen within an hour uh, and is still within, like, 500 feet, you blow it, and they they are the only ones who hear it. So you can see... Is it always that loud in in their head, or...? It is always loud. Uh, Depending on how close (laughs) you are to it, it will will be hurtful, like, (laughs) doing it five feet away from a person. And then this is the, uh, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses. Basically, the glasses cast the spell Sanctuary, which uh, you have to do a wisdom saving throw on if you hit that person. Uh, But if someone does hit you, they will hit you in the face and the glasses will break. Oh, so nerds. does it like deflect the like sanctuary? Does it like deflect the hit to another party member, or it just doesn't hit? Sanctuary is you are compelled to hit somebody else, yeah, other than the person wearing the glasses. But if they do a wisdom saving throw, and if they overcome it, and if they hit you, the glasses will break. But if they fail their wisdom saving throw, that they have to either choose a new target or they lose the attack. Yeah, got it. Gotcha. You can see these items are made for different squads. So one of the one of the various things that we can help you here, uh, if you do choose to go with the superhero public persona route, we can also help you with those. Really start crafting and figuring out what your idea of who you are could be and what would be best for the things that you want to accomplish out in Lake Town City. I I don't. You know, I, I don't want to push you one way or the other, but you would be doing a lot of good as a public persona in all of these different ways. But wouldn't we then encourage anyone with uh, one CrossFit class to decide to become one as well? Well, that's a good question. I guess if people saw what you can do and how much different that is than the regular person with a low BMI can do, which, again, BMI... Totally. It means nothing. It means totally nothing. But I guess the way that this works is if you three do it, then to be like, ah, I can't have a ghost panther running around. I can't run through a solid wall and not be hurt. I can't jump 10 feet in a single bound if I need to. You all get a text message. All three of your pockets, they bust. Val is handing out plates of carbonara as oh, they reach for their phone. Grab my phone and read it. Yep. 
Um, it's the group text with Emily, and now I guess you. There's a vo- uh, number you don't recognize, but I you could assume it's Sour Anthony. Hey, how did your side of the the, the plan go? Uh, we totally kicked some butt over at the bank. You know, not having to work with Emily and Sour Anthony would be quite a fucking blessing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I think. I'd rather be on the side of government than under its nose. No, who is a sour amph? You don't want to know. I hope you never run across him. Val pushes Des a plate of carbonara. Why would his name be? (laughs) Would he willingly be a sour person? Is that his identifier? Yes. 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 He thinks his beer preferences are his identity, and that really was his first sin. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we have like like you have to eat carbonara immediately otherwise it doesn't you know it's not great can we have like five minutes to scarf some food down yeah and you know what i'll i'll go back i have some stuff i have to go work on with des i'll let you eat in peace january uh let's go back let's go back to the study um i'm gonna get you i'll make you a hot carrot juice just like you like it Does, does he perk up? How Sounds does he react? Oh, he loves it. He's, no. he's a, like, oh, yeah, it's a carrot juice. I love it. Thank you. It's always it's a little too tall for me to jump up and hit, so I really like when I have someone to help me with that. Thank you. <laughs> Aggie, your phone starts uh, starts buzzing. I look at the screen. Emily's calling you. All right. Definitely going to let that ring out. Put it down on the chair next to me. Um, Val nods like, yes, excellent choice. I guess all things considered, I would rather be a hero than a spy. It's not what I came in here thinking I want to do, but I like to go to bed early and doing missions in the daytime versus the nighttime. That's that's a point of consideration. <laughs> that, that is fair. Bedtime is important. I think Milo, um, he's not showing this, but I think he's is really hard pressed to pass up the opportunity to become an actual superhero. Even the, can with I roll the... inside on Milo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, roll inside on Milo. Oh, I got a two. Ha-ha. Milo loves your pasta. <laughs> That's just true. Val's like, I will give you the recipe if you're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be cool. I'll, I'll be super cool. And so um, Milo's like, yeah, yeah. Um, staying up in the daytime. Great idea. I think we could help a lot of people. Um, you get a cool leather jacket, a, a cooler leather jacket, Val. Um I, I Excellent think, correction. Thank you for that. <laughs> you're welcome, of course. Uh, I, I think I'm I'm leaning towards the cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't think that I would want to be a nerd who dresses up in a costume, but I also cannot resist the idea of being able to do cool things and not have to pretend that I can't do cool things. That would be a relief. No one is calling me Captain Mots or whatever the fuck we called it last time. <laughs> just for the record. What about Captain Buffala? No. <laughs> I do not have the powers of a water buffalo. <laughs> what pasta shape best expresses the kind of hero you want to be? We are not naming my superhero <laughs> persona after any type of food. Uh, DM Eric pokes his head at the window and says, what about the cheesy defender? I hate everything. (laughs) Yeah. I want all of you to think of a memory of one of your characters. Um, Milo. When did Milo fall in love with superheroes? 
when he was about like four or five-ish, you know, he, his father had been sort of like seeding it all along. He wasn't trying to hide anything from him, but he had the a real conversation about being adopted for the first time. And, you know, as any child would, they sort of feel a loss of control. So when he started reading comic books, he saw superheroes that were in total control of their lives and everything else. And so it really resonated with him. I like that. Milo's like five years old and just has those overalls that only look cute on children below the age of 10. (laughs) (laughs) And your dad comes in with like a black suit and a black tie and and white button down shirt. And he has like a pin that is a an eagle holding a computer in one talon and like a shield in the cool other talon. Talon eagle. <laughs> and he leans down and says, "Milo, you know, I wanted to uh, share with you something that I thought you would you would like, because um, I know you haven't really like touched any of your other toys. And like that's that, that's fine. Uh, you can. We're we're still figuring out what you what you think what something you would like." Um, you know, I, I think, you know, you've been reading really well lately, and I can't read Chicka Chicka Boom Boom one more time. It's just too much. I'm going to level with you, kid. I, I know what happens to all the letters now after the hundredth time. <laughs> so I wanted to give you this. It is like a children's sort of comic book called The Husky Kid. He, he looks like a winter husky. Uh, he has, uh, like, bracers and boots on that are, are Arctic wolf colored and shading and he has like a, a cowl that has uh, little ears and uh, and blue eyes and he just kind of looks like a like a 12 year old kid and he was like hey I thought y- you'd like it. he reminds me of you because you know he was raised by wolves and then he got adopted by somebody in I guess they call it uh, Halcyon City uh, where he's from but he gets adopted and he has a good he you know they work out things together and then he he, he fights evil and I thought you would like that um, you know, I, ha- I found a whole bunch of these. It's just one of a hundred. There are a hundred of these. So if you like it, uh, you know, this is something maybe you'll maybe you'd like. Yeah. Thank, thank, thanks, Dad. Um, oh. We're not. I'm allergic to dogs, unfortunately. I don't also don't. I like need a level with you. I'm also allergic to dogs. <laughs> good. Good thing we have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's just it's just the dog's part. The cat is fine. I mean, listen, uh, tuna. I've I've had tuna for twenty years, and it's not changing now. <laughs> Aggie, when was the time that you defended one of your siblings? Every winter, the lake of Lake Town freezes over completely, usually by January, but definitely by mid-February. And everybody's favorite day is the day that you're finally allowed to walk clear across the ice. And you can go from one shore to the other. You can walk from town to your house or from your friend's backyard to the ice cream parlor and not even go around. You can just go straight in a straight line. And it is the most wonderful day where your parents it says in the newspaper when it is safe to walk on and then your parents (laughs) let you just go wild so I took the kids out on a walk across the lake the first day that we could I was probably 10 and the ones who could walk came with me um And by the time we got to the the opposite shore, it was warmer than anybody expected. And there were some kids just kind of roughhousing on the shore. And one of my siblings got their feet stuck just kind of in that marshy space where it was a little bit thinner. 
by the reeds and the rocks and all of that. And so I had to sort of fight off a couple older kids, middle schoolers from town, and kind of yank them back up off the ice and carry them the rest of the way home because one of the shoes fell into the lake. Mom wasn't happy about that. But uh, it, it was the first time that I realized something really bad could potentially happen to someone I cared about. And I didn't think, but I just kind of stepped in and did it. Yeah, there's like this 13-year-old who comes up on you and be like, hey, we don't want any babies cramping our style. Just get out of here. Just go fight somewhere else. We're just going to town. We're just passing through. Oh, no, this is our spot, and we're here to do whatever you want. I guess I don't need any freaking baby kindergartners here harshing all the fun stuff I have. Uh, Make a charisma roll for me. She had a plus six for charisma when she was younger. (laughs) She was so damn cute. 16 minus one. Wonderful, 15. So I think the bullies are still like pushing up on you and telling you to go away. And at one point you just like hold up your hand and you used to be like, hey, like stop. And he kind of looks at you for a second. And like gawks at the 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 the, the twins and he's like, okay, fine. It's just like stupid. What is it? What does it look like when you're able to convince someone to like stop bothering you? I've come to recognize it as an adult of my whole body kind of filling with adrenaline and then it's like it leaves and the force of that feeling sort of like dissipates what the other person is brewing inside them. I sort of picture it like a flame being extinguished with like foam, you know, like a fire extinguisher on a a house fire. Like it just kind of like fizzles out and the anger and the commitment to violence just sort of like sizzles. I like that. It's like, is it like Aggie shaped? Yeah, like a humanoid shape of somewhat transparent foam just kind of like settles all over them. Yeah, and I think that it settles on this 13-year-old who's just like, that's fine. I'll just, didn't want to throw snowballs at your dumb siblings anyway. And then uh, just stalks away. (laughs) And then one kid's boot is gone. The other one starts crying. A third (laughs) one starts crying because the rest are crying. And I'm just like... (sighs) <sighs> okay, guys, let's let's get some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Val, when was the first time that you defended yourself? It was a summer when they were staying with their dad. And New York kids are mean. Yeah, New York City <laughs> kids are mean. Yeah. And I don't think Val even remembers what the specific thing that they were arguing about or what like incited the incident but they remember feeling just so mad and they never felt that mad before. And it kind of just filled them like from the toes to the tip of their head with something hot and angry and it almost hurt in a way. And they realized they just couldn't stop shaking. And when they pushed a kid off of them, the kid went way further than anyone should probably go when they're pushed by a 12 year old <laughs> you're just walking around your dad is like oh just like hey uh just uh go uh, get lost for a few hours i got some stuff to do you're just walking around you're just getting a sandwich yeah Do you, are you wearing like a leather jacket yet <laughs> um i don't think so i think it's like a denim jacket and like some shorts <laughs> It's uh, like black shorts. You have like pay you band patches on it, like yeah. three oh three and <laughs> yep. Panic at the disco patches. Of course, obviously. 
And those like chunky skater shoes, you know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Oh, mm-hmm. very good. I like that. Yeah, and I think like three kids just like come up to you, and it's they're high schoolers, and they're just like in tank tops, and they're just like looking for something to do, and they see the twelve year old with like chunky boots, and ten of them like, hey, oh, uh, hey, oh, uh, wait a second, I gotta, I wanna see you take a look at your patches. I wanna take a look at the patches on your, take a look at patches on your jacket. I'm just walking here. No, I just think no, I think it's cool. I just want to see you pat patches on your jacket. Why wouldn't you show it? You don't want to show it to me? And like they surround you and just like start pulling on your jacket in a way that you don't like. Uh, Val kind of throws a couple of elbows like they've been taught and <laughs> it doesn't really work at first. And I imagine like the kids trying to pull the jacket off of them. And that's what really starts pissing them off. Yeah. Uh, make an attack roll for me. Okay, so that, with rage, is 17. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. A tank top wearing West Village kid uh, has a low AC. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you, like, hit him just right in the chest, and they just, like, go back, like, 10 feet. It's like they're almost, like, sliding on the pavement. Like, their sneakers are burning into there and just, like, skidding back 10 feet just to push him off mm. you. Like, what? Hey, I just want to look at your jacket. What the hell? What the fuck? Don't mess with me. All right, fine. Jeez, you just tell me I didn't want to touch it. It's fine. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, fuck you. Hey, fuck you. All right. I think the three of you are sitting down eating this carbonara at Dr. Morrow's table. You're feeling all these memories as you're eating the pasta and talking about them with each other, and you it feels right. Like You've always been people who can defend yourself and defend others and want everyone to feel wanted. And there's something there that you have an opportunity to do it. And it feels... It feels good. It feels like all of a sudden, something snaps into place and be like, oh, this is the track. This is what I'm doing. And uh, you feel warm inside, and it's only a little bit from the carbonara. <laughs> it's a lot of it from the carbonara, but okay. <laughs> Dr. Morrow and Des in January come back in and be like, so, uh, did you uh, did you all decide on anything? We're ready to be heroes. Dr. Morrow says, well, at the risk of having to get down to business, she's holding uh, one of those, like, architecture containers that has maps in it. She puts it on the table, pops out a map, and lays it out. And it is like a blueprint of the Lake Town District as a whole. But there's something below it? There's an entire structure that is below Lake Town. Whoa, these aren't sewers, are they? No. This is where the nephews actually hang out. 